I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to Colossians, and if you recognize that at all, not that that's just a book of the Bible, but the fact that we were in Colossians on Saturday with Root Sanghamar from India, I'd like to go back to the exact same text in Colossians chapter 4, and then we will begin our reading in verse 2. We don't normally do this. We normally don't normally necessarily hijack a devotion or not, or follow a devotion uh, after it's given. But uh, there were two things, two reasons for this that we're going to be in this exact same text as we were on Saturday morning. Um, number one is, and I told Ruth saying this after his after his uh, meditation, I had been studying. So it's. Um, the, the prayer call happens at 10 a.m. Eastern time um, in the U.S., and uh, I'd risen that morning and was studying before the devotion time. I was studying Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, and um, when Root Sang announced his text, obviously, and this happens a lot to many on the call, Either somebody prays exactly what you're going to be praying, or the text is something you've been studying anyway, or maybe even a, a sermon you've just heard, and or just in church, and the pastor just prayed. So I had just been studying Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. And then, so on the that was before the devotion, after the devotion, I just haven't been able to get this out of my head. And uh, there's three words here, and I'll not tell you the three words, but there's three words here that I have been chewing on since Saturday morning at 10 o'clock that I'd like to just chew a, little, chew a little more on together today. But let's read Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. But before we read, could we also be reminded that the book of Colossians was not written to an individual? The book of Colossians was written to a church. It was written to an assembled body of Christ followers. So sometimes in our ears, we hear, we hear things as applied to us personally, but the primary audience was a group of believers. That's why we would even reference this to be corporate a corporate context for corporate prayer, if you will. And then uh, I'm going to read verses two through four, but I'm also going, to, also going to encourage us, if you will, and I'll read this text right before we pray again, if I remember, if you will just pray this text back to the Lord as we read through this and the Holy Spirit maybe lifts something and puts it in your heart, um, let's just use this text itself for the foundation of our praying today. We can even just Pray this text back to the Lord. So, um, so those two admonitions before we read Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, which says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make manifest as I ought to speak. Now, Ruth Sang did an outstanding job of unpacking this text, and he had four characteristics of prayer that he identified in this text. I'm not going to go back over that, um, although I've been chewing on all four of those as well. But there are three words 
at the very beginning of verse two that have that I would just like to re-look at today. And those three words are continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Sometimes um, as we are looking at the scripture, we see a word and we wonder, well, that's, we just know what that means. And, uh, but the original Greek text may have a, a different nuance that what would be our default way of thinking of a word. And if you go to uh, my, one of my go-to sources for understanding things, it's a very simple source is Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, because you can see what words mean very quickly, especially in the Koine Greek. So if you were to look at Strong's concordance, you're going to see that the word for continue means to be earnest toward, to persevere, to be constantly diligent. So to be earnest toward, to be to persevere, or to be constantly diligent. A synonym might be be steadfast or or pray steadfastly. Um, it may be that even we think of uh, give constant attention to this, make this a high priority. And uh, Luke 18, the parable or the story of the um, of the unjust judge uh, being being reminded constantly over and over and over by the widow of her need. His response to her was she troubles me. <laughs> Now, I just think this this widow was giving, was giving, was persevering. She was being constantly diligent. She was steadfast. And I don't necessarily believe that this text is teaching us that God can't be bothered or that God is some kind of killjoy or ogre that has to, it's a, you know, the, the idea is here that he's asking for persistence in prayer. Um. And so last night I read from a commentary that I have online or I have a software on my computer. The guy's name is Tom Constable, and I want to give credit to whom credit is due. Um, I don't know Tom. I believe he's still alive, um, very possibly still alive, because I believe at one point he was associated or even taught in the college where John MacArthur is the pastor in California. So, um and uh, he has a, a commentary, and he said this regarding this verse. He said, and this is kind of what got me thinking about what I wanted to say today. The most important practice, and remember, Colossians was written to a church, a group of people. The most important practice to perpetuate in relation to God is prayer. Hmm. He goes on to say, that is true because when we pray, we are calling on God to work and we express our faith in him. So I, and I don't mean to be a, a contrarian here, but I, I wonder, and I agree with him fully. I'm not saying anything that I disagree with him. I agree, agree with him fully. I want to, I want to unpack a little bit of that. The most important practice to perpetuate in relation to God is prayer. That is not the practice of many churches. And I am a preacher. And I'm all for preaching. But also, our Lord said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So, and I'm not out to 
necessarily. I guess maybe I am um, out to up turn a what do you call it? turn over the cart, the apple cart. Anyway, rock the boat. Um, Tom Constable is not Bible, but what he says, I believe, is very important. The most important practice to perpetuate in relation to God is prayer. So if we extend that logic, we're going to ex- come up with something like uh, the church that does not pray is not demonstrating a true pursuit of God and maybe even demonstrating an independence of God if a church is not praying. So one man said, it is only as we ask God to work that he will accomplish things. Could this be, and we'll, I'll conclude here in just a second. Could this be then in first Timothy chapter two, where we're told to, we're exhorted, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, <clears throat> and giving of thanks be made for all men, <clears throat> excuse me, for kings and all their authority, which would include pastors, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable on the side of God our Savior. And then look at, and well, don't, you're not there. And then the, the text goes on to say, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So our praying for those in authority has a direct link to evangelism. And we pray here often for gospel advance and revival, an awakening. Our praying for those in authority over us has a direct a direct connection with gospel advance. So I would like for us to pray for our churches to continue in prayer. And if we, without being abrasive, I would like for us to pray for our pastors to continue in prayer. Those, in, those who have, uh, those who are in authority over us. I see sometimes I see I'm just going to call, I don't like this term, but I I think you'll understand what I mean. We see lay people that understand the desire for prayer. And we see, on the other side, we see the great need in our culture of prayer. And and I'm saying this as a pastor, all right? Um, Sometimes the bottleneck seems to be those in authority over us. The pastor, maybe. And if the pastor captures the early church zealousness for prayer, Corporate prayer, united prayer, what could happen? Um, It was the oxygen of the early church. The early church prayed together by default. So I'm going to mention one more thing, and then we're going to go to prayer. And this is going to be, uh, um, I probably should run this by my wife before I say this, but uh, she's not here. Um, So this is what I've been thinking of today. And I've, I think I've mentioned this before. We're not talking necessarily about a Wednesday night service. I'm glad for Wednesday night services. I, the early church didn't have Zoom. So I'm not even talking about putting pressure on authorities to join us on Zoom. I'm, I'm wondering, where, where should we practice this matter of continuing prayer? And I'm going to recommend hallways and small groups and Sunday school classes and, yes, Wednesday nights. Um, but what about even as a pastor, and maybe some of you guys that would be in ministry and, and leaders and pastors could help me on this, uh, this, this. What if we gave as much time or at least more of an emphasis in our sermons in praying as we do in preaching? 
if we're to continue in prayer, and this is to be, and I lost my place here, this is to be earnest and perseverance and constantly diligent, I can understand, yes, obviously gathering in groups, but also what about making as a model, making preaching, making prayer evident even in the midst of a sermon? So you preach on, for God to love the world, and you pray, God, would you bear that in our hearts? And then you say amen and continue preaching. And then a little while longer, you pray again. Could this be an application of continuing in prayer? I know it's not, I know it's odd, um, but it is, it is fitting in the idea of continuing in prayer. So uh, the text, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. One author said, can we inhale prayer, out, out uh, exhale thanksgiving with all praying, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for I am also, for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to preach, ought to speak. 